1: I've been, whilst we've been running Progressive and uh, prior to that, you know, I was in, investing in um, properties, all sorts of sort of mainly residential properties, are, but then I moved into commercial buildings. Um, I've sort of worked out how to diversify our investments, how to take sort of money from various different income streams um, and then, you know, make sure that money is um, sort of cared for and make sure that um, that you know, when there are recessions and when there are issues that come along um, that uh, we're not, you know, sort of in a a really, really bad position. Clearly, it's really important to focus and to be very, very specific um, about your investments and to to become the best uh, at just a few small things. Because if you try and sort of run around and do loads and loads of different things, you tend to not be very good at any of them. Um, So you really want to, uh, be a specialist in in a couple of areas, but as time goes on, what generally happens is, as you as you make the money uh, and as you become good at various different strategies, in order to protect the wealth uh, and to protect those income streams, you generally want to diversify them um, into more different areas, so you spread your capital and you spread your um you increase the number of income streams that you've got so that you've got multiple income streams and i always like a a minimum of of four income streams four significant income streams um so that if one or two are are shut down um then i've still got others to rely on Um, this is very here and now this is very much sort of um you know in, in in the good times in normal times when you don't need the umbrella um, generally income streams come in unless there's some sort of issue in it. I don't know, maybe you've got an issue with HMRC or a competitor or, or something like that. But generally speaking, um, in normal times, the income streams, as long as you, your business is running well or your, your property portfolio running well, um, the, the income continues. Um, but times like now, um, the the income, uh, the way it turns off and the way it recovers is very uneven across different property types and across different business types. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's very important to understand all that. Okay, so property is clearly a great inflation hedge. Um, and, you know, you if you um, buy a property and it only goes up by the rate of inflation, and I hear that a lot, um, you know, a lot of commentators will say stocks and shares are better because they generally go up at a higher rate Um, Income and capital, all things combined, than property. But what these commentators don't usually take account of, because they often don't invest in property in in any significant way, is that you can apply sensible debt. You can put mortgages on properties, which multiplies your returns. And what happens is, as inflation picks up or inflation takes place, the inflation erodes the mortgage. So if you've got inflation running at two percent your mortgage is actually getting smaller in real terms by 2% per year, um, plus any um, sort of growth uh, above the rate of inflation. So, you know, for me, one of the biggest sort of ways to diversify risk uh, would be to get sensible mortgages on properties, um, you know, that devalues with inflation. Uh, And I suspect that's coming now. Uh, we've had loads of money printing. We've had lots of quantitative easing. Um, the government has increased the money supply. That's the amount of money flowing around the economy hugely through this period. Um, you know, they're, they're, They've spent or, or, or reduced due to spend on coronavirus in excess of 300 billion, which is eye-watering. The difference between this recession and the previous one, uh, the credit crunch, is that that was a problem with the banks or that was a problem of the banks. And when they increased the money supply and they printed all this extra money, that money largely went into propping up the reserves or increasing the reserves of the big banks um, because the level of reserves that they had then were much, much lower because the regulator had decided that they could operate which, with much less cash. Clearly since then or, or during the credit crunch, the regulator basically said, you need to increase your reserves massively. Uh, And the Bank of England and the Federal Reserve uh, duly uh, sort of stepped in, increased the money supply massively, um, you know, and and there were big bank bailouts and loans and and whatever else. So they went into the bank reserves, probably not really into the real economy. The difference with this time is that a lot of this money is, is going into the real economy and it's also going into the pockets of consumers now, at the moment, consumers are all locked up and they can't do, uh, yeah, they can buy stuff online and, you know, they can maybe get a takeaway and, and, and various things like that, but they're not spending like they normally would do. Um, and whilst unemployment is going to rise, and it is, it is rising, and I, I suspect well, the Bank of England thinks it's going to 2.6 million, uh, I think, you know, sort of, um, I don't know, 7% plus, 8% is is, is very plausible. Um we, we could quite quickly, despite that, we could quite quickly be in a situation where supply, i.e. the amount of goods being produced and the, the amount of services available, don't keep up with that demand and therefore we get quite a bit of inflation. Uh, and that could be, you know, we're not talking even high single-digit inflation, but it it, it may it will probably run above the 2% targets so and maybe the money will be devaluing it, maybe, I don't know, 3%, 4 5% potentially uh, per annum. So we just need to be aware of that risk and having mortgages and having real assets, so that would be properties or or equities, equities are shares in companies, not so much bonds or or not bonds. Um, But if if you have equities, i.e. shares and and property, um, as inflation picks up, the values of the properties and the equity should grow uh, at least as much as the rate of inflation, all other things being equal. Um, so it's a good hedge a good sort of way to diversify re- your risk um, and to you know reduce the the risk of inflation uh, eating your capital away so my view on debt or mortgages is that you know I'll usually try and leverage up maybe 70 75 percent or whatever the bank will let me do but after the event I'll let over time as the properties go up I'll try and let the mortgages drift down to about 50% note value. So over time if they're at 50% note value and I'm pretty comfortable at that and maybe I'll sort of re-leverage to that level. But my view is if they're at 50%, you know, you're you've you, you sort of reduced the risk even if property values drop 20, 25% and and the lender suddenly wants the money back, you can probably re-mortgage them elsewhere uh, and get yourself out of a hole um and you know I, I just think risk is reduced and um, if you don't have any mortgages clearly uh, you're going to have your your returns are going to be reduced uh significantly and inflation um you're not going to get the benefit of inflation eroding the real value of your mortgages um so you know i i would i would say um you know, people often say to me, is it a good idea to diversify your risk by, you know, getting fixed rates? And fixed rates have their place. Um, but, it, you know, I would prefer just to let the mortgages drift down to about 50%, keep plenty of cash back, stay relatively liquid. Um, you know, because I've always found in the past, fixed rates, yeah, they may be lower for a period of time, but generally the risk or the expectation is already baked into the fixed rate of whether, you know, interest rates are going to go up or or down. And those clever guys in London have then got to make their margin on top. So it's a bit like insurance, Um, you know, all things being equal. um, You'll be paying out more on fixed rates over the long run than you will variable rates. Um, Or, or, you know, it wouldn't work for them to offer that insurance product. Um, So, you know, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of them. Um, I think, you know, if you want to reduce your risk, let the loan-to-value come down, and also keep plenty of cash back. So, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, it's really important, if you're going to diversify risk, to to initially go very deep, don't diversify, be very, very sort of um, specific, choose one or two strategies and focus like hell on them and become really, really good. That's the opposite. Of, of diversifying and this is the dichotomy. This is, you know, I, I'm sort of arguing against myself here. But I think it's really important in the early stages to get very, very good at something. You know, spend ten thousand hours on it, you know, become become the expert and become the best at it. Whether that's single lets, whether that's HMOs, um, you know, might be development, it might be service accommodation. You've got to get brilliant. My you know, the reason I say that is because, you know, I'm not sort of doing this presentation about diversifying risk to persuade you to go into 10 strategies um, and you know, just come um, slightly good at all of them um, because you won't get very far. You'll, um, you, you'll sort of make all sorts of mistakes. Um, you won't be as good as your competitors. Um, you, know, you need to be the master of your game and you get that by going very deep and not doing many strategies once you've perfected a strategy once you've you've got lots of single lets or maybe you've got lots of hmos or maybe you've got lots of service accommodations then move on to diversifying you know i started out uh i think maybe oh two oh maybe oh three something like that and i was buying abroad and doing new but
2: if you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap but you just don't know how to do it then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process.
1: All sorts of things that I didn't really understand. Uh, and then I, go, I went very, very, very deep by buying lots of single X, um ex council houses around Peterborough, did several hundred of those for ourselves and clients. Um, and didn't really diversify away from doing that until maybe, I don't know, maybe 2010, probably 10 years, something like that started well no actually i started doing those in 05 and then 2000 maybe 10 11 12 something like that started taking commercial reviews and converting them and um, so i got very good at one thing um did more commercial maybe 2010 11 12 bought some offices for us um you know and along the way ended up with retail um you know and have some commercial tenants there now uh, as well and clearly, you know during that period, you know, after a good five years, probably started, you know, buying HMOs as well. But I got very good at at sort of the the single lets first. So, you know, I've diversified as we've gone along. I think the tenant types of HMOs are slightly different from single lets. So there's some good diversification there. I think service accommodation is completely different because you're effectively running hotels. Um, And I think this coronavirus period has been the perfect example of where you should diversify. Um, single LETS and HMOs, generally speaking our area, they've been fine through coronavirus and that they're, they're still fine and, and voids you know, at a, a sort of normal level. What I would say is as time has, has gone on, it's become quite clear that service lots of service accommodation units in certain areas of the country have suffered hugely. Um, you know, we had a small number and um, you know and, and they've been empty uh, or had very few Uh, bookings. Um, Now, is this going to go on into the future? No. Next time, there'll be another recession and it'll be a different set of ingredients. So a different cake will be baked and maybe the single lets will be affected or maybe the the HMOs will be affected and the the service accommodation won't be. But this time, the service accommodation has been really severely affected. If you only had service accommodation, you're going to be really badly hit. Therein lies the reason why you would diversify and why you would get um, different sort of property types i'll give you another couple of, of examples um, i've got a couple of friends very good friends from school um, one has lots of retail um, and coffee shops um, in the middle of a town which is quite close to here let's say he's got 40 plus of these type of units and um, last year uh, I think it was the first rent quarter, um, they got something like 10 to 20% of the renting that they would due, which is clearly such a big deal. Um, and, you know, it, it, uh, thankfully, the bank were very understanding, told them that they could just forget, you know, about payments, I think, for six months. And I think they've managed to sort some of their tenants out, but they're still clearly you know, not out of the woods. They've got lots of retail units and their tenants are struggling and suffering big time because the the town center is shut. It's been open and shut, you know, a little bit along, but, you know, they, they've been really badly hit. Um, so they've got some residential as well. Largely, I think those guys are paying uh, and they've got some other income streams as well. So they've managed to, you know, they've got other sort of, um, you know, types of commercial buildings and you know, that has that, that sort of seen them through. But if they didn't, they could have ended up going bust. Um, got another friend who has got lot another sort of uh, regional city, not that far from here. He's got lots of leisure. So that would be pubs, um, you know, and, and, and sort of bars. Uh, and he's got sort of hotels and things like that and some retail. Um, and I think, you know, some restaurants as well. Again, really badly hit. Um, lots of the tenants not paying rent um uh, bank you know being being quite receptive um but um you know he he'd have some some other sort of uses maybe warehouses that where they are paying the rent uh, and he'd have a really good trading business i think has been hit in in some ways but you know he he'd be importing goods uh, from overseas um but you know that has sort of seen them through but very very badly hit on their property portfolio both in in rents and and probably in in, um, capital values as well. Um, So two perfect examples there of, you know, they're the sort of master of of two sort of types of tenure, tenure types, um, but two areas that have been really badly hit. Got another friend who's got lots of warehouses, um, got lots of sort of industrial units, um, you know, storage distribution, Absolutely fine. Most of those guys are paying. Lots of them might be operating trade counters. It might be screw fixes, things like that. Uh, selling things on the internet. Um, you know, those, mostly those guys have, have done okay. So you can see the coronavirus is very, very uneven. Um, and, you know, you could say, well, what did well and what didn't in the last in the previous credit crunch? Well, you know, I, I wasn't really in commercial back then. But, you know, retail probably wasn't great. And um, I don't think warehousing was brilliant either, um, you know, and, and, and maybe leisure suffered a little bit as well. So and, and what really got hit were the commercial values, because the banks wouldn't lend on that sort of stuff. Um, so, you know, that there were a different set of ingredients. Um, and because of that, um, the, the the cake that was baked was different. Uh, you know, in the residential side, the the rental market was good, really strong in the, in the last recession. Generally, um, but I'd say the capital values really suffered. Unlike now, um, you know, the the market was it has been very very strong over the last year for residential. They've been selling, maybe because people want to move, maybe because of the sub duty holiday, various different things. But you know, the point is, there'll be another recession, there'll be another downturn, and the, the issues will be uneven. Um, you know, the 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 results of the, the shock will be um, uneven because something different will happen. We had the ERM crisis, um, sort of early 90s, exchange rate mechanism. Um, we were pegged to the um, European, uh, European currency, I think. Um, I was a little bit young. I was only 11 or 12. So obviously, from what I've read, um, and um, you know the Chancellor the Exchequer tried to defend sterling. Uh, in the end, he couldn't remain the he couldn't retain um, Sterling's sort of value in the in the band. Uh, and and you know he, he kept putting interest rates up to try and defend it, and effectively created a property market crash. And residential was very badly hit. And so you know and, and landlords will have been very badly hit because obviously they're they're the interest rate on the mortgages went up sky high. So just be sort of mindful of, um, you know, if you're, you, you, you know, be very, very focused on building that single level, of HMOs, whatever it is, you know, but, but, but do it for a while and then look for the next strategy to move on to. Um, once you've become the master and, you know, got a good rump of of, of deals, good properties, um, then, then move into another to, to create multiple income streams and diversify against different property types. You'll know with um, Rob and myself, we've got um, uh, this training business. Uh, we have another sort of training business which teaches people all about Amazon. It teaches um, people how to present on stage. Um, and, and, you know, there'll be sales training in there. So that's sort of slightly diversified the training company. Then we have a letting agency, so that's another sort of independent non-related income stream. We have the income stream from our properties. Um, we're doing developments, although I, I don't usually sell them, so you probably wouldn't call that an income stream. Um, and then, you know, we have other sort of equities um, and stock market investments, and those create other income streams. Um, again, um, diversified, non-related, um, and and then in addition to that, Uh, We have PPN, which is um, a sort of local property networking um, club, slightly related to this, obviously. Um, But, you know, I'd say this business during the pandemic, we've gone online and and managed to defend it. It's doing quite well. PPN, the um, local sort of property networking clubs, clearly they can't run at all. And we've just got no way of fixing that. And so that income stream has completely pretty much stopped for it. Well, I mean, it has. It's completely stopped. Um, the letting agency doing well, um, you know, and, and and being sort of quite insulated through this, um, you know, and our, our property portfolio, you know, do, doing well, uh, you know, and, and income streams doing well, and 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 sort of shares doing well. So you, you, this is. The whole reason for diversifying and having the multiple income streams, you don't know what will necessarily do well and what won't, but you you should probably they need to be in your sphere of knowledge and understanding. Um, but within that, you, you want to make them relatively unrelated. Uh, I think that's the, the, the most important point. Um, the next session will be completely different. Um, and, and, of course, the other thing is the banks and what they like and what they don't like. Um, At the moment, you know, I've been talking to Lloyds. um, They've been out and basically said any retail, any leisure, hotels, um, any more than 30% in your portfolio, uh, we won't let you buy any more and we'll be telling you to sell them off. Um, You know, and and RBS stopped lending completely. Um, So, again, they are forcing diversification. Um, I said it's interesting about warehousing is flavor of the month for you because because of the internet. You know, retail is moving off the high street. Onto the industrial estates, isn't it? It's moving into warehouses and storage centres on industrial estates, which are then, um, you know, which all the delivery vans are turning up to 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 to, to pick the goods to deliver to your home. Well, the, you know, the they're delivering all the orders that you've made on the internet. So all the all the retail is is effectively moving from the high street into these these sort of industrial areas and and into the warehouse areas and. You know he sort of said yeah we 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 quite like those and we like supermarkets although we're just catching up on that but flavor of the month for us is, is retail uh, sorry is residential uh, because of how it's been going up in value so it's quite interesting um they don't also have the longest term view i find the banks and uh, they tend to herd together uh, and follow each other which uh, i think that's what seems to be happening and um, so you've got sort of warehousing storage and distribution uh, offices at the moment, well, they're probably they're definitely not flavor of the month for for the banks. They may start thinning out. I guess if tenants are coming to the end of the tenancy, why would they extend at the moment? Whilst their staff can't go back, when can their staff go back? So the key is to have lots of different tenant types, different tenures. Who you know, some will be affected by the internet, some won't be. Um, a pandemic, you know, interest rates going up, some will be affected, some won't. Some might be affected by Brexit. Some, you know, all these things have happened and we know what the result is. Um, Some may be affected overtly by a credit crunch, some way, or a war. And you just, it won't be one of those things. Next time it's going to be something else. My point is that something comes along, a shock to the system that you don't, you can't, it's a black swan, you can't foresee it. It has different uh, features. Therefore, it creates a different issue And different property types um, or, you know, businesses are affected. Some are and some aren't. So if you've got a few and you've invested in a a few different, you've got a few different businesses and a few different property types, then you're likely to be okay. I also think that if you're going to diversify your portfolio and your business interests, that you should be diversifying your um, supply chain. Uh, It's always important to have at least two or three suppliers for everything that you've got in your business um, because one may suddenly go bust or one may put their prices up, or you may be locked into one and subsidize, you know, and they may have you over a barrel. If you're using two or three, then you can easily switch to another. Merchant accounts, banks, especially banks can cause all sorts of problems. You know, they might freeze your account. I've seen that with some of our customers. And, you know, all of a sudden they may say we want the money back on, you know, your loan or, you know, all the different sort of property mortgages you've got. So I would be at least three banks and have good relationships with them um, just in case. So, you know, if one of them gets into trouble and they try and get the money back or you get an account froze because of fraud or something else or, you know, maybe you're the victim of fraud and people steal money from your bank account or the bank goes bust and, take some of your money with it, uh, and you can't get it for a little while. You need to be diversified across different banks. You know, for our training businesses, we're we're with the same, um, we have the same current accounts, but the savings accounts are with two different um, building societies, and they are different from, you know, our bankers, you know, where our current accounts are for our training business. Um, you know, in our property business, the money is held uh, in another bank, uh, which is unrelated, um so you know, i i would i would definitely be looking to diversify um even sort of with you know equities and, and bonds when i'm buying those i, I i'd use two different platforms and uh, maybe the victim of fraud on one of them or something may happen so i i'm relatively diversified there um you know so yeah i think it's it's very very important um you know that you you sort of identify where the risks are in, in your business and, and, and then sort of diversify um, all of the suppliers' solicitors. Um, you know, you might use one solicitor. I used one for a while. She went bankrupt uh, because she had a dispute with her ex-husband, which meant she couldn't practice anymore. She suddenly disappeared. So I need to find a new solicitor. Very common that you will suddenly lose your supplier or they leave, uh, and then you're left with one that's not very good, um, who doesn't have much knowledge. So very important to sort of, um, you know, have lots of these suppliers, you know, with, with the properties. I'm always looking, you know, even refuse collectors, we, we, we'd we have two of them. Um, you know, internet service providers for our office will have two connections. We won't just rely on one. Um, you know, if we're, um, you know, cleaning companies um, for, for properties or, or for our own, you know, for our businesses, all, all that stuff, you know, even sort of individuals, cleaners, staff, um, you know, I sometimes prefer to get, depends what it is, but I prefer to get maybe two part time rather than one full time sometimes because then, you know, you sort of hedged your bets depends what it is they're doing. Uh, but you need backup, you need resource, people get ill, people leave. Um, so I, I hope that's been a value and that's helped you um, sort of give you some ideas of how to diversify your, your businesses, your, your property investments, your supply chain, um, and, you know, your money across different banks and, and loans, um, savings accounts, and, you know, your, your investments. I think it's very, very important. Uh, because something will come along. There'll be a shock. There'll be some sort of issue with the economy. Um, and, you know, that, that can put you in a different, difficult place. So I, I had a chat with one of my friends. He's a really wise guy. He's been in property a hell of a long time, decades and decades. He's probably 60. Made loads of money. And he said to me, the worst year I had was when three big things all went wrong in one year. He said if it was one or two, uh, I'd just have sort of cracked on he said it didn't kill me but it caused me a massive load of grief uh, and that's what can happen and you know i had you know sort of a couple of pretty big things happen early on started start of last year you know and, and thankfully you know i've got my health and i could deal with it and i could sort of navigate it through and we had the virus in the middle of it um but you know if if a couple of two, three big things happen, um, and there's a a recession, do you know what I mean, and and you're not diversified, uh, it may end up killing you and, you know, you you end up going bust, and um, we want to avoid that at all costs. So that's been Mark Homer. Uh, I hope you've got value from that, and uh, I'll hand back over
0: to Kevin. Hi, Mark. Welcome back. Um, We've got some questions for you, Mark, if that's okay. So can you hear me? yeah far away yeah lovely so adam's asking just to clarify mark would you advise to have variable interest only single lets over fixed interest only
1: well that very much depends on the deal that you're being offered by the bank and also how much cash you've got how diversified you are across your other investments can you afford if if interest rates go up three percent can you afford to to pay that for three four years until you get out of it if you can um, and you've got enough cash, and you can liquidate other investments to do that. Then, in the long run, if you took out all int- uh, interest-only uh, mortgages versus all fixed-rate mortgages, um, in the long run, you'll save money having the interest-only ones. It's a bit like if you didn't take any insurance out. In the long run, um, you know, over a long period, um, you're likely to save money by not having insurance. But the reason people have insurance or have fixed rates is because, you know, something big happens, they haven't got the cash at that point to fix the problem. Um, and, you know, cause they don't, they, they, they don't plan. You're better to self-insure. It's cheaper. Why wouldn't you take the difference and put it into a savings account each month and then use that if trouble comes along. Um, insurance companies only make money because they charge you, you know, more than it costs to fix the problems. Um, that's the nature of insurance. And, A fixed rate is just insurance.
0: Awesome. Ralph is asking, um, do you think that we will have a deep recession this time around? We've had a deep
1: recession and we're about to have, or we're in another deep recession. It's it's guaranteed, isn't it? If you shut uh, a a large chunk of the economy down, GDP, which is the size of the economy, the amount of money flowing around the economy, will reduce. Um, You know, we, we had... It reduced, I think, more than it has ever reduced since the Second World War. Um, in in the the, the, the the certainly the first lockdown, uh, probably the last lockdown, and definitely this lockdown. Um, so yeah, it's been a, I'd say at least a double dip recession. Um Yeah,
0: Adam. Another question is thoughts on what are your thoughts on Airbnb for properties? Or do you have a do you have any do you like Airbnb?
1: Well, Airbnb is serviced accommodation. I think it's a great strategy for the right properties in the right areas. If you, It's all about the vacancy or, should I say, the, um, the occupancy rate. If you keep them full, keep them really appealing, keep the pictures really good, people get people coming back, and it's therefore in the right location, maybe a holiday location, can be brilliant. Uh, but they take a lot of management, but you can make a lot of cash flow.
0: Lovely. And the <laughs> final question from Clive is, what is your view on refinancing a portfolio and being liquid and then using the money as security to further, further borrow and invest to grow more?
1: Yeah, that's a, a pretty sort of common strategy. Um, you know, I, I, that's what I've done over the years. I've refinanced my properties. I've never spent it, but I've used it to invest in more properties uh, or in equities. Um you know where i can get a higher return than the money i'm borrowing on those properties i might be borrowing the money on those properties at three percent and then i invest in more properties make 15 to 20 percent you know all in capital and income uh leverage returns and then maybe i don't know maybe i make six or seven percent income and capital rolled up in funds in the stock market or you know i'd buy tracker funds uh very long-term stuff um, so, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's, um, but you know, over the long term, my strategy is once I've done the initial refinance and got my money back, I'll usually let the loan to value drift down to 50% because I just think that reduces the risk and also reduces the need for fixed rate mortgages uh, because the, the proportion of your costs uh, that are interest reduces as the loan to value of the mortgage goes down.